In today's report, I intend to commit heresy and tell you the truth about bull bars and vehicle safety. So if you're a stubby and blue singlet wearing self-righteous boomer twat striding through the spinifex in your steel-capped safety thongs and standing there in broad daylight beneath your crock-toothed hat, you're probably not going to like this one. Best click away now, dude. I'm Jimmy Logan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, I'm going to use the high-tech miracle of evidence with this one. We're going to talk about this report, which is the only piece of objective data I have ever seen that relates to bull bars on vehicles and the real impact to you sitting there inside the cabin endlessly touring the outback. So that's going to get some of you offside and those of you who are familiar with this fine channel will probably be able to infer just how upset I'm going to be about that. This report is sponsored by NordVPN. Now, I'm not a hardcore IT guy, but I've heard enough, especially recently, about data breaches, scams and hacks to know that being online can be inherently risky and costly. You don't have to be tech savvy to use NordVPN. It's a simple one-stop cybersecurity solution. One click and you are protected from hackers, malware and pop-ups across as many as six devices. NordVPN is the world's fastest VPN. I don't even notice it running in the background, frankly, and it only costs about as much as a cup of coffee to keep your data, your identity, and your devices secure every month. NordVPN can also save you money because you can assign your virtual location to another country where, for example, flights and accommodation might be cheaper than they are back at home. The same goes for streaming services, and you can access live sporting events and other content that may not be available where you actually live. It's a pretty small price to pay for cyber security, not to mention the potential savings also on the table. Go to nordvpn.com AEJC to get a huge discount off your plan plus four months free. Totally risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com AEJC. Link in the description. And thanks to Nord for sponsoring this episode. Cutting right to the chase, here's the front cover of said report. It's titled Light Vehicle Safety Built-In, Not Bolted On, by a dude named David Jenkins from BHP, who is, or was at the time, the Vice President of Safety and Security Group HSEC at BHP, dated the 15th of November 2012. It does the rounds from time to time on the interwebs. I've seen it before and it is really interesting because it's the only piece of independent objective testing of this nature of which I am aware. And if you're thinking about buying a bull bar, then I'd suggest you should be aware of it as well so that you can make this decision in an objective way as opposed to just sitting there in forums listening to the completely uninformed view of a whole bunch of beard strokers who think they know it all but 
never actually studied mathematics or engineering or physics or anything of that nature. I mean, why would you want to know that when you're talking about impact mechanics? Okay, so I'd suggest that BHP has proper skin in this game. They did then, they do now, okay? Back, at, back then, in 2012, BHP had 10,000 light vehicles in its fleet globally. They're a huge company. They've got endless resources, literally and metaphorically, to devote to anything that they want to. And they did this investigation. They did it for a reason. The reason is that historically they admit in the report to a, quote, high number of light vehicle incidents, including fatalities, right? And this report was published, as I said, in November of 2012. And back at that time, just so that we can get the context right, okay, back at that time, 30% of light vehicles were three-star rated. And back then, 10 years ago, three-star really did mean death trap. Not so much today, but back then, absolutely. Five-star utes back in 2012, they'd only been available since 2011 and I therefore suggest that we've come a hell of a long way since then. And there are two drivers to the safety of utes in particular. The first one would be dudes like DJ at BHP here who did this investigation and changed the policies in relation to that. And the second thing is Bogan factor, right? Because 10 years ago, we still had Holden and Ford operating in this country and Bogans tended to drive hot Fords and hot Holdens. And now that's all dried up, but there's still Bogans, like automotive Bogans. And automotive Bogans, of which I admit to being one, do like guilty as charged, put the cuffs on, dual cab ute, got one in the driveway, okay? Kind of like it. Like I've always liked utes. This is the second ute I owned. In fact, one of my first vehicles was a ute, like a Holden one tonner. And I rebuilt that, put a Toyota, uh, Celica 5-speed gearbox behind the mighty 4.2 V8, which I also rebuilt, blah, 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 you know. So, guilty as charged. Automotive bogan, always have been, always will be. Like messing around with cars, but I don't like making them worse at great expense. We'll get to that. Okay, we've come a long way since then. Standard BHP practice at that time was to fit bull bars and what they call ROPS, rollover protection system, they mean a steel roll cage, aftermarket into all of their vehicles. And you imagine that, right? Walking into BHP and, uh, <laughs> and being that dude responsible for that, you go to the local ARB outlet and you say, I'd like to buy uh, 10,000 bull bars and roll cages. Could you help me out? There'd be a stripper in a cake in that one, almost certainly. So Mr. Jenkins, right, he commissions this report and he gets Crash Lab to deconstructively test four ex-fleet Hiluxes or vehicles that they were taking out of their operational fleet and essentially decommissioning. He latches onto four of them and says to Crash Lab, hey, can you smash these in a controlled way because we want to look into it. Okay, and the test that they did, these were all Hiluxes, all vehicles that had been working in their sites, doing whatever. They all had the roll cages in them, and three of them had the standard steel bull bars that they were fitting at the time, right? One of them didn't have a bull bar. And I get the impression, reading the report, and if you'd like to read said report, link in the description on, you can download the entire PDF and just make sure that I'm not 
cherry picking the shit out of the findings, okay? There's a download link in the description. And my only uh, motivation here is for you to do what's best for you, right? I don't want you to wake up dead or even worse, survive a car crash in your four-wheel drive in the outback and be badly injured in the way that you might not have been had you made smarter choices at the outset about quote-unquote building your vehicle, which is a thing now. I get the impression that DJ's report, the testing at Crash Lab, was mainly to assess the effectiveness of the roll cages, right? And the bull bars were kind of just there, but it makes for interesting reading, okay? Steel bull bars, steel roll cages in these vehicles. The tests they did were 64k an hour offset frontal crash test, which was kind of the standard main headline ANCAP crash test at the time. They also did the 50k an hour side impact test and a really novel one, which is a 75k an hour corkscrew rollover, which would have been fun to see in operation. I think they do that out the back at Crash Lab. They've got a big um, bitumen sort of skid panty area that they do real out there tests in out there. I've never seen one of those in the flesh. I've seen plenty of video of things like that. Anyway, the findings. We'll get to the findings right now, okay? The internal rollover protection system, the roll cage, demonstrated, quote, no real reduction to potential serious head and spinal injuries to front seat occupants in the crash configurations, plus it increased the rollover risk because it put an extra mass higher up in a vehicle that's already pretty high up on the road, driven in you know, dirt roads and situations in which it's likely to experience you know, lateral shunts. Second finding was that the bull bar caused footwell intrusion and displacement of pedals, which was not present in the 2006 ANCAP test of the same model without the bull bar. So this is in the 64k an hour offset frontal crash test. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Uh, in footwell intrusion and displacement of the pedals. So let me translate, because these kinds of things are full of what I would call engineering euphemisms. And what footwell intrusion and displacement of the pedals means to me is basically do us things, dude. Number one, that the bull bar caused more load to be transmitted into the cabin of the vehicle. That's where you are. And this is exactly what you do not want in a serious life-threatening collision. You want the lowest loads possible transmitted to you and your family in a crash. Duos. Displacement of the pedals. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? The pedals displaced a bit. The accelerator pedal moved right across the footwell in this test and if your leg happens to be in the way it seems likely to me that all of the bones in it might be smashed and you might think oh that's okay I'll spend a few weeks in a cast. I'd suggest most people don't know but your femoral artery runs all the way down your leg into your foot and if you do enough damage to the bones down there it's highly likely you'll suffer some serious arterial and venous damage and if you sever your femoral artery even way down in your foot it's very easy to bleed out into your leg without potentially even spilling a single drop of blood into the footwell okay so 
it's unlikely that the Muppets you are travelling with will have the kind of advanced medical training that they would need to identify this problem and save your life. And even if they do, professional sort of medical paramedical intervention is many hours away and it's likely that you'll suffer compartment syndrome if that happens and you'll probably lose your frickin' leg in the way that you wouldn't had you had the same crash in a clean skin vehicle. So that's what that particular engineering euphemism means to me. And if you're outraged by that because it offends your worldview that you've made your vehicle better with your bull bar, then I'd suggest that that's a matter for you. These are objective tests. It's what they found. I'm not misrepresenting the interpretation. So what did BHP do? BHP did... BHP did what a beard stroker would not. They changed their actions. They changed their policies. They did different stuff in relation to vehicles. Quote, they prohibited the installation of aftermarket equipment. That was the policy, the principal policy that they enacted following this testing. Okay? Aftermarket equipment, except for things like two-way radios and high-vis strips down the sides of the vehicles and flags on top for mine sites and flashing lights. And, of course, they still fitted trays to dual-cab, sort of cab-chassis utilities, right? But they didn't fit bull bars or rollover protection anymore because of facts, okay? They transitioned all vehicles to five-star by 2016, so they gave themselves a rational time frame. I mean, the average lease of a vehicle for BHP is probably two to four years, and that four-year window allowed them to get rid of all of the old unsafe three-star shitboxes and replace them with all five-star cars, thus doing the most safe thing that they could for their employees in the circumstances. Makes complete sense. They enacted a policy to purchase the safest vehicles available at the time and, quote, not spending our time and money altering vehicle designs, I mean, not wasting, not making our vehicles worse at great expense, which, look in the mirror, dude, that's probably what you're doing now if you're still watching this video. And then, quote, leave vehicle safety to the experts, vehicle manufacturers. Hard to argue with that, too, sitting here with my uh, rose-coloured engineering glasses on, I have to say. Quote, better safety, less complexity, lower cost. In any other personal sort of avenue of whatever, recreation, everyone would want that, but seemingly they don't. There's this weaponized kind of arms race going on at places like ARB, where you just want one of everything and people are making their vehicles worse, less safe, etc., at great expense. And I'm all for vehicle modifications, don't get me wrong, but only when they make the vehicle better or solve a particular problem. Not an imaginary problem, not to just make you feel better, but actually solve an operational problem. If you need your vehicle to do a thing that it cannot do without being modified, then go ahead and modify it in a rational way, but acknowledge the compromises that come with that modification if it's absolutely essential. And leave the fucking thing alone if it's not essential to do that, to make your vehicle do something which it cannot currently do. That's the way to make your vehicle the best at what it can do. It really is. And most people don't approach it like that. They want to make it better off the bat without even defining the problem that they're trying to solve. So 
In closing, I guess what I want to do is I want to tell you rationally what bull bars really do. What they really do when you bolt one onto the front of your four-wheel drive. Because there's all this glossy marketing that really does make bull bars seem like the best thing since sliced bread. But here's what you're really doing, okay? They do absolutely, up front, trying to steel man this proposition. I'm not just shit-canning bull bars. I want to present you with the facts. They do absolutely protect your vehicle from animal strike, which is a comparatively minor collision. And what I mean by that, even though you might hit a kangaroo in a clean-skinned vehicle and that kangaroo might damage the radiator and render the vehicle undrivable, okay, that's comparatively minor in the context of people going into intensive care in a serious crash with a tree or another vehicle. That's what I'm more concerned about, and I'm, I'd suggest to you that that's what you should be more concerned about as well if you're going to endlessly tour the outback because there's plenty of trees like this just on the side of the road, and if you happen to hit one, then you'd want all of the dominoes stacked up in your favour, wouldn't you? And if you fit a bull bar, that's not what you're going to be looking at. So. Bull bars definitely increase the risk of death to pedestrians and to you and your family inside the vehicle in a serious crash. This risk of death to pedestrians is quite serious because a lot of these vehicles with bull bars spend most of their time driving in the city where the risk of animal strike is a big fat fucking donut. Okay, and they go out maybe for two or three or four weeks every year into the outback and that seems to be the justification. If you hit a pedestrian, and let's face it, we're all pedestrians. Every time we get out of our cars, we're all pedestrians. So if you get cleaned up by someone in your camp and they're doing 50 k's an hour, it doesn't matter if the car's got a bull bar or not, really. Your outcome is going to be fairly poor. But if the vehicle is going slower than that, like if it's turning at an intersection or if it's in a 40 k an hour zone, bull bar or not, makes a huge difference to the outcome for you if you happen to be the victim. And in a serious crash, moving, vehicle to vehicle crash, something like that, loss of control crash, hitting a tree on the side of the road, the bull bar can't help. It really can't. Your life is in danger and if it changes the uh, deployment timing of the airbag, which is quite likely because if you bolt a rigid thing back into the structure of the car and essentially negate a bunch of crumply goodness here, then it's going to change the timing of the deployment and it's going to be a worse outcome for you. That's just, that's just physics, dude. So I'd further suggest, right, that none of the bull bar manufacturers in this country, at least none that I am aware of, have ever made public any proper crash test data. They've never strapped a bull bar to the front of their more popular vehicles, the Hiluxes, the Rangers, the Land Cruisers, whatever. They've never taken it to Crash Lab, given it the full treatment and published the results. And these companies like ARB, right, they're large companies. They have practically unlimited resources. They could do this testing if they want. They might have even simulated it. Right? But the reason the data is not public has to be because it paints bull bars in a poor light. And they have to know this, which is why 
if they've done it, they haven't made it public, or even more likely, why they have not done it at all. If they could crash test a vehicle with a bull bar on it and demonstrate an improvement in the safety to the occupants of that vehicle in a serious crash, don't you think they would have done that by now? I really think they would have, dude. Bull bars also increase the rate of tyres wearing out because they add weight to the front of the vehicle. And for this reason as well, they increase your braking distance. Extra mass, same brakes, longer braking distance. And the third factor here is that they reduce the dynamic sort of evasive performance of your vehicle. So if you need to avoid a crash with a kangaroo, with another vehicle, with a tree, whatever, the last place, or the second last place, you really want a great big chunk of additional mass is in front of the front axle. I think the worst place is probably up on the roof for that, but second place, vehicles are already really heavy at the front. And the last place you want additional mass in that sort of horizontal plane is out in front of the front axle argue the toss with that dude a bull bar is not going to help you swerve or stop okay and they also impact on the cooling airflow of the radiator which is a really important consideration if you're towing your big three and a half ton chitois through the outback and i'm really not yes i'm really not trying to offend you right i, I don't care how you feel but i'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to paint a rational picture of the implications of a decision that you make to fit a bull bar to the front of your car. And I'm failing to justify the benefits even if I try, right? It's just not there as far as I can see. So I'm going to talk to you if you are that beard stroker. I refer to beard strokers in this way because they're a category of human that I really can't stand because they know best. They never paid attention at school. They never studied mathematics or physics or engineering or anything like that. But they know best anyway because of their strange Jedi mind power. And let's not forget that the beard stroker confirmation bias is weaponized today because of things like forums where they can all get together and go, oh yeah, but, right? That doesn't wash for me. Classic case of beard stroker. Yeah, but is all oh, that mathematics and physics, that's just bullshit. Like, what's that ever done for me? What's science ever done for me? Okay, now, what's science ever done for me? Aside from essentially double your lifespan in the space of just a couple of hundred years and get 12 men to the moon and uh, specifically in your case allow you to tour the great outback of Shitsville in air-conditioned comfort and rescue you when you fuck it up and provide GPS and the internet, like, so useful. Aside from that, there's a shitload of other things that science has ever done for you. So there's that. And are you really going to sit there and tell me that, you know, you know better than BHP, which is another organisation with unlimited resources, which changed its policies on exactly this issue in the face of overwhelming evidence that what they were doing, which was fitting bull bars and roll cages, was not helping. 
Dude, if your Jedi mind powers really are superior to the abilities of something like Crash Lab, like what they do is in the name, is it not? I guess the only redeeming aspect of all of that consideration is that, you know, your, your beard stroker is blissfully unencumbered by any sort of obligation to Newton's laws of motion, etc., is he not? And that must be quite liberating. I'd have to say. If you don't have to respect the facts, life just gets a whole lot easier, doesn't it? Potentially. Maybe it just seems a whole lot easier. And this complete lack of crash test information from the manufacturers of bull bars, is that just not like the world's biggest smoke and fire scenario in this domain of four-wheel drive aftermarket accessories? I, I suggest that it really is because if that data were positive, it would be up there in thousand watt LEDs all around. Like, it just would, dude. So I'd suggest if you're still unconvinced by this, you've seen the ostrich when it has to react to versions of reality that it kind of finds unpalatable, haven't you? I'd suggest that your reaction, if you really still think bull bars are a great idea, that's kind of what you're doing here, you know? If you fit a bull bar to your four-wheel drive wanking chariot, in my estimation, that makes you a Muppet. But hey, that's allowed and at least you've got company.